We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now, people are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcast. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Saturday crew injury update ahead of Packers-Eagles. I am Jason Perone of Game on Wisconsin and the Pack-A-Day podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express and Game on Wisconsin. Mark, East Coast, yep. give us the update. How are we looking? Uh, looking good. Um, weather, you, you want the um, weather update. The weather update? A little cooler. Uh, it's starting to, it's, it's, we're, it is winter now. As, so to speak, for for here, but it's like this week was actually like was it Tuesday and Wednesday? I know people in Green Bay are gonna laugh at me, but it it was cold. I mean, it was like at night, it was like under forty. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <laughs> that's cold. Yeah, that I, laughter I, that I you hear that that laughter that you hear is Paul Brettel in the Dairyland state of uh, of Wisconsin. But I I agree with you, Mark. In Phoenix, it's uh it was in the mid to high thirties this morning when I woke up. 
and it's uh, which is which is normal for December. People don't realize that it's you know we we get we get some cold temperatures, and with the dry air, it actually stings differently than than it does um, back where where I'm from originally in the Midwest, which we get a little bit of humidity in there. I mean, but it's going to get up to 70 degrees in the Phoenix area today. So what's the high temperature going to be today, Mark? 59, 58, 59. Okay. Which has been Tuesday, Wednesday, we're cold all day. And then Thursday, uh, Thursday, Friday, today, we're yesterday actually hit like 68 at one point. So it's, but it's, it's at night it gets cold. When the sun goes down is when, as you know, being out in Sun Valley, when there's a big difference. You know that is how that tends to. That is kind of how that tends to work, isn't it? Yeah. You know, don't we know? It's like when the sun that, goes down, the, di- the temperature drops. Yeah, um, but I mean drastically here. Yeah, yeah, it's a big difference. Well, there's big, there's a big temperature swing. Like I said, I mean, you know, you're you're doubling the temperature from the morning till now, and then Paul's laughing at us because I think the high today in the Green Bay area is 30. So he's like, okay, you guys woke up already warmer than I'm going to get all day today, right, Paul? Yeah, it's been pretty standard December weather here, mid-30s for highs, some sun, some clouds. Honestly, no complaints. It's not that bad. I don't see any wind in the forecast for game day. No, there isn't. So, yeah, tomorrow's supposed to be similar, mid, mid-30s, mid uh, sunny, and no wind, or minimal wind. No wind, no no weather, no rain, snow, nope. none of that. Perfect no to put up 35 points. Yeah. At least. Right. Right. So, Packers-Eagles at Lambeau Field, the Eagles this season uh, – Interestingly enough, at three seven and one, still have a chance to win the NFC East. Mark, I'll just give you an open mic for a couple minutes because you covered this division for many years, and it is the this division has turned into the kind of the dumpster of the NFL this season. One of these teams is going to the playoffs, and there's going to probably be another team. Even if even though they've added a seventh spot, there's going to be a deserving team that's probably not going to get in because someone from the East has to go. Yeah, deserving. I don't know about deserving. But or have yeah, a better I mean, record. Somebody, I mean, there'll be a lot of teams better than whoever wins the East. I mean, it, I think the teams that are going to, that'll be the Bears and Vikings, and they don't deserve anything because they're the Bears and Vikings. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, I don't know how it got to this point. I mean, it, it's been bad the last two years, the NFC East. I mean, the Eagles went to the playoffs at nine and seven last year. They, they won the division at nine and with nine, which isn't, isn't good. Um, I guess two years two years ago it wasn't bad. That was the year um, Eagles went to the playoffs. But Dallas is that the year Dallas was Dallas made the playoffs, but then got knocked out by somebody. New Orleans maybe. When the Packers aren't in the playoffs, I don't I don't pay as much attention. Um, yeah. Dallas went to the playoffs two years ago. Am I wrong? They probably did because they were they were good then, but I don't remember what we're talking after 2018. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I was same with you. I as soon as my, as soon as uh, Mike McCarthy left town, I kind of checked out. I was like, all right, it's not gonna, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I started looking at the draft. <laughs> yeah, not going to happen but this yeah, season. But last it was bad last year. The NFC East it was bad. The Eagles won it with nine wins. Um, no one else was over 500. Obviously, the Giants and Redskins were two of the worst teams in in the league. Um, now this year it's. It's beyond bad. I mean, I gave. Did you do your assignment there, Jason? Nope, I sure didn't. You still didn't do the assignment. I'm not. See, now I got to fail you. I yeah, that's fair. Grades. That's totally fair. Gotta fail. That's totally I gotta fair. Fail. The paper was due. Paper was was due this week. <laughs> so I'm I'm telling you, I think five wins wins the division, which is embarrassing. Right. Do you well, agree? I mean, well, the embarrassing thing about it, 
and I'll, Paul, I'll turn it over to you. The embarrassing thing about it is that they're going to host somebody with five wins. That's the part that's I have the biggest worse. issue with. And that's not that is definitely not fair to the other the whether it's Tampa Bay or um, one of the teams out west, Rams or Seattle or whoever. That's just not right for a team that's going to have ten or eleven wins having to go to five win Philadelphia or, or five win Washington or five win Giants. That's just not. It's not right. It's just, and they know. I got. I think I brought this up a couple weeks ago. When I used to cover the the owners' meetings, that that would get brought up every year. Um, should the should the home team be the, you know, the team with the better record? If a wild card team, because there have been times where an eleven win team had to go to a ten win team or a twelve win team went to an eleven, whatever. It's it's happened more than once, um, and they would bring it up. And the coaches, I would talk to coaches. And they would always be like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna we, we think we should change that rule," but when the vote would come down, it would always be it would always get voted down, and they would just keep that the wild card team is on the road, so that the owners and general managers and the people on the on the committees didn't feel the same way as as the coaches did that the team with the better record deserved to be home. Now this after this debacle this year, and especially, could you imagine? Because listen, we've all seen football games, we've all seen, you know the wrong team wins sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the the 5 and 11 Giants or whoever knocking off Tampa Giant I mean this the league wants Brady against the Giants, right? In the first round. Isn't that was isn't that what the NFL wants? Brady right. one more time against the Giants. But it's but it's why if it's not the Eli Giants, what difference does it make? Well, it's still the Giants. It's still Brady lose if, if Brady loses to the Giants again, <laughs> they want the storyline. I mean, yeah, so um, I don't know. I'm just saying that I would be upset if I was a fan of a if the Packers were a wild, you know, if say the Vikings were really good this year and and the Packers were going to be that five seed, I, I'd be upset them having to having to go to one of those places. Although this year there won't be any fans in the stands probably anyway, so that's not as bad as in the past, I guess. Right, Paul. While we're talking about the NFC East hosting a playoff game and all of that other stuff, before we get into the Packers injury report, your thoughts, your latest thoughts. Uh, I see both sides. I mean, yeah, if you have 10 or 11 wins, obviously I'd want the Packers to be at home uh, if they did end up as the wild card because of, you know, a 5-6 win team getting in. But there's also the other side of the coin where you get to go play a 5-win Eagles team (laughs) or a 6-win Giant team. So. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be terribly upset if that was somehow the Packers' first-round draw, and it's not going to be this season, but in our example, um, because, I mean, the Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, that whole division is just not good. So I see both sides. I mean, the question, like, I started, how did it happen? And and we could talk about, because the, the, the Packers playing NFC East team this, this week, Philadelphia. It's amazing, like, how that could happen, that, all, that the whole division could all go bad at the same time. I mean, I guess there's a different reason for each team being bad, but it's it's this crazy coincidence that all four teams are at their their low point at the same time. Well, we've seen it happen before with some other divisions in football. Sometimes bad. it's just the way. Never this bad. There were, I think you just chalk it up to I coincidence, basically. Well, I guess maybe not. Maybe not, but I mean, I. I Remember back in 2010, the Seahawks only won seven games, and they hosted the 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 Saints. Indeed. Um, so they that was, but that was seven. I mean, I'm just going through the playoff machine, and I'm already at week 16, 
and the Giants are still winning this division with four, uh, leading this division with four victories. Yeah, that's my. See, you're doing you're you're doing your assignment. Yeah, but I'm doing it on the fly, but I'm also I'm okay. also I'm also not taking into account any weird stuff that could happen. Well, you're right. Between exactly. now and then, form. If you if form holds, the winner of that division is going to have five wins. Right. Yep. So yeah, it's it's well, and I mean, they're it, all underdogs this week. Well, Dallas by week six. By, well, Dallas by week sixteen, if they beat Philadelphia the way I've got it shaking out, um, they. Well, I guess it's going to depend because by week sixteen, I have Washington beating Carolina at home, and I have Dallas beating Philadelphia at home, okay. and then. If 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 everything else holds the way it's supposed to, Washington becomes the division leader at five and ten. Okay. Because I have the Giants. I have the I have the Giants losing at Baltimore that week. Yeah. Sure. And then you know Philly and Dallas play each other, so um, one of them has to win. Right? One of them, yeah, or tie. And then yeah, yeah, and then in, and then in week seventeen, I guess I'll ask you guys in week seventeen, yeah. uh, Cowboys at Giants. Who you take in there? You got to give it to the home team, right? And then Washington at Philly. Give it to the home team again. Yeah, when you got bad teams playing each other, pick uh, I don't know, pick the home team. I mean, <laughs> like, so team. then, so then the Giants. Home. Okay, so to finish this assignment, the Giants would win the division at five and eleven, and they'd be the fourth seed, and they would host. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, Tampa or it, West team. Well, and this so this week, does anybody have confidence that Atlanta? A rejuvenate, slightly rejuvenated Falcons team is going to be able to beat the Taysom Hill-led Saints because if the Saints lose, that helps Green Bay. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Oh, yeah, it definitely helps Green Bay, but I don't. I wouldn't bet on Atlanta, let's put it that way. No. Because as long as... Um, I mean, it could as a rivalry game, so, like, you know, there's a chance. It's in New Orleans, but I don't know. I mean, they, there's a lot There's a lot of teams I'd rather... I, I think the Falcons have a better chance of beating the Saints than a lot of other teams would, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, com- I'm not confident. In so if the Saints... Them. So if the Packers, the Saints, the Rams, and Seattle all win their games this week... Then Seattle leapfrogs and becomes the one seed at twelve and four. Um, no, or, or wait, not, or, or not twelve and four. Um, let's see. 
You know what it does on the playoff machine is if you go through all the weeks and then you go back to a previous week, it doesn't adjust the record. So, but it would obviously help because they're they're currently the the top seed. So if, if Atlanta can pull off the upset and, and Green Bay wins, which they should, then then uh, you know here we are. We're at that fun time of year. So as far as the injury report goes, fortunately, guys, it's a it's a small list this yeah, week. Uh, Chris Barnes is off the COVID reserve list, but he's listed as questionable with a calf injury. He was limited all week at linebacker, but still no A.J. Dillon. If Barnes is able to play, he gives a boost to the inside of uh, the defense there. Um, at a, I think he's their best inside linebacker. He Well, I think he was their preferred starter when Kirksey was hurt, right? He's better than Kirksey. So, and you could do a lot worse than Christian Kirksey, but I think, you know, like we've said many times before on this on this show, if you've got players playing in the right spot on the depth chart and the amount of snaps that correlate to their spot on the depth chart, you're in better shape. So if Chris Barnes is getting more snaps on the on the inside than a Kirksey or a Kamal Martin who's still learning and up and coming, then that's that's not a bad place to be. But Barnes finally off the COVID reserve list. Uh, so as, as far as that goes and defending the Eagles, uh, you know, the, the one thing we have to talk about with the Eagles is just how bad the Carson Wentz has been and how bad the protection of Carson Wentz has been. He's been hit and sacked more times by, I think, a long, long margin than any other quarterback in the league. And this was a team that was just in a Super Bowl three years ago. So they've, they've fallen quite a ways. And, and Mark, I don't recall, when, the, when was the last year you covered the team? The year before twenty sixteen. So, you know, as far as the regression goes, you know, Carson Wentz is it is it the is it the protection and the fact that he's not getting any protection, or is Carson Wentz kind of broken, as they're saying? Well, well, there's a lot of things um, that that's that's going on there. Part of it is, like you said, their their offensive line, which is, and I don't like to use injuries as an excuse for anything because it's your job to get better players to come in. And the Packers have had all kind of injuries on the offensive line, and their offensive line has, has responded well. Um, you know, but the, the the Eagles' preferred offensive line going into the season was Andre Dillard, their first round pick from last year at left tackle. He got hurt in in, in camp, missed, and hasn't played all season. He's he's out for the year. Um, they lost. Now, this I don't think this guy's very good, but he was their Isaac Somalo was one of was was at guard. He's been out most of the year. And again, I don't. Again, people are using him as a you know he's out, and my thing was well, he's not that good anyway. But and now they're out. Now they're without a guy who is very good. Their right tackle, Lane Johnson, uh, won't is is on injured reserve. He's been in and out of the lineup most of the year. Um, they they brought back Jason Peters, who I don't know why. I mean, it's a shame. The guys, the guys, probably a Hall of Fame uh, tackle once he's well, once he's eligible. But coming back now, it's like he's just not – he's 30, whatever, 38. He's just not the guy he was, and he's he's hurt them more than he's helped them, actually. Now that now they have the guard. Um, he's not very good anymore, let's just be honest. So they, they've had problems on the, on the offensive line, and that's been a big part of Carson Wentz's um, bad numbers. Um, but part of it is Carson Wentz, just not – and that he's been – now keep in mind, too, he's been hurt twice – since that Super Bowl year, he didn't. I mean, obviously, he didn't play in the Super Bowl. He he tore his ACL that that year. Then he had a broken bone in his back the following year. Um, so he, you know he's he's 
taken some major injuries, and I, I think that's affected him. Not a hundred percent, but but you know it's taken its toll on him. And then this is this is the one that doesn't get talked about enough. They've given him a different off. Like Frank Frank Reich was the Eagles' offensive coordinator the year they went to the Super Bowl and won. I think we've learned that Frank Reich's a pretty good coach since then with the job he's done in with the with the Colts, right? So yep. I think Frank Reich might have had a lot to do with the Eagles' Super Bowl year. I really don't take. I don't want to take anything away from former Packer backup quarterback Doug Peterson, but Frank Reich. I think might have been the brains of the operation here. I really do. Um, so losing him was, I think, a big blow. And then they they replaced him with a guy named Grow, Mike Grow. Uh, that didn't work out very well because they they got rid of him. And now this year the Eagles did something that it's typical Eagles. It's it's so classic Eagle organization. We're smarter than everybody. So just thirty one other teams have an offensive coordinator. Well, no. We're going to bring in – we're not going to have an offensive coordinator. We're going to have a passing game guy and a running game guy and a quarterback guy and a consultant. They have like five guys. They have Doug Peterson, who's the head coach and calls the plays and is a quarterback himself. They have Press Taylor, who's – I don't know what – they, they all have fancy titles. I don't, I'm not, I don't know all the, all, the, all the titles, but Press Taylor is there. Who was the, a quarterback coach at one time, but now he yeah. Deuce Staley is like the running game coordinator, assistant head coach, whatever. Then they brought, then they bring in this guy from Denver, Scarin Jello, um, to work with. Now, keep, help, help me out here. Has Denver had a good quarterback since John Elway? It's been a minute. Yeah. So why I mean, would Peyton bring, Manning? But well, but Peyton, you don't coach Peyton Manning, and, and guess what? Peyton Manning wasn't that good when he was in Denver. He was still smart, but he wasn't that good. Um, I mean, so why do you bring in a guy from Denver to work with your quarterback? But they did that. They bring, and then they bring back another old former Packer assistant from way, way back, Marty Morningwake. Now maybe his job is to call heads or tails when they go overtime. I don't know, but <laughs> um, but they have five. They have all these voices, and that can't be good for Carson. It's it's never good to have a quarterback overcoached. You know, and I think that's been part of the problem. That nobody knows who's doing what, and I don't think they're on the same page. And I, it's not just Wentz. I mean, the receivers haven't played as well as they had in the past. Um, like you said, the offensive line's a mess. It's just, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm watching it from the outside now, obviously, but I still talk to some people up there, and it's it's a weird situation. And and, I, and I, I'm going to say say this as well because I've, I've I've said this a few times to other people. That Super Bowl might have been the all-time one-year wonder. I, I, I'm trying to think of another Super Bowl winner that was bad the year before and then not that good after. Usually you either build up to a Super Bowl, you know, like you, you make the playoffs, and then you go around deeper, and then you get to the championship game, and then you get to the Super Bowl, right, or whatever. You know, it's a, an ascending-type platform. Eagles didn't do that. They were bad. They, they had they had a losing record for for two straight years. The year and then they got to the Super Bowl. Now the other side is you're the New England Patriots. Way back when, they came out of nowhere, went to the Super Bowl, upset the Rams, but then stayed good. They were you know then they went to you know they were they won the NFC or I'm sorry the, the AFC East like every year after that for the next 117 years whatever it's been. So you can do it that way. Well. 
the Eagles didn't do that either. After they won a Super Bowl, they they went back to being nine and a nine win team. Like, nine wins isn't good. It's okay. Were the Giants so good? Were the Giants? How were they between '86 and '90? Did they dip and then come out? Come up in '90? They would go up and down. They would go up and down. They'd be good, bad, good, bad. Like they always, they were always bad the year after they won the Super Bowl. For some reason, I guess they just had that Super Bowl hangover. But then they would, they'd respond the next year. You know what I'm saying? I that was the only thing that. I could think of was maybe that '90 Giants team that uh, that won because Scott Norwood couldn't kick a field goal with Buffalo. It wasn't, it wasn't the easiest field goal in the world, but um, no, because they were they they no they I mean they, no they were they were always in the playoffs. I mean they they were a playoff team. Okay, I remember yeah I remember covering them the one year. I think they they lost to the 49ers one year. In the, I mean so no they were. They, they, like I said, the Giants would dip the year after for some reason, but then they were all, but they would bounce back. Hmm. But no, I don't, I don't think there's ever been a team. I think I've, I, I looked it up last year. There's never been a team that just kind of come out of nowhere and then went back to nowhere. Well, I mean, look, the way, like I said, the way things are going, the Eagles may possibly get a chance to represent the NFC East in the playoffs. But as someone who's, I mean, as we're, we're getting ready to preview this, and Paul, you and I, uh, a little bit later today at Game on Wisconsin, are going to do Pulse of the Pack. We'll be flying without our usual host, Jake Westendorf, who's been called into duty today. But, Paul, as far as Carson Wentz goes, like your, your theory, just in the little bit of uh, everything that you've written coming up to leading up to the game and, and you know what's going on in Philadelphia with the quarterback. I mean, a big part of it is the offensive line play. As Mark said, they've been hampered by injuries, but they also just haven't played well either. And then Carson Wentz hasn't done them many favors because he's been holding on to the ball very long as well. Uh, the Eagles' offensive line, they've given up the most pressures this season and the most sacks per game. So for a Green Bay Packers pass rush that has been not the same as last year, I guess is how I'll put it. Not, um, you know, They just aren't generating the same amount of pressures. This is another game for them to try to get right and get back on track. As they did last week against Chicago, they had their fourth most pressures. So another good opportunity for them. As far as Carson Wentz goes, uh, some of the stuff that I've read each week, I dive into the opposing teams, um, some articles that are written just to try to get a better idea of what's going on. And one of the main things that I saw popping up over and over again was that even when Carson Wentz has time, he's still struggling. Of his 15 interceptions, which leads the league, 10 of them have come without any sort of pressure on him. And the big contributor that I've seen anyways is that uh, he's locking into his first read and he's not going through his progression. So he's throwing a lot of you know passes that he shouldn't, a lot of contested passes, and they're turning into interceptions. So Wentz himself is just struggling, and I don't think that anybody right now, including those in the Eagles organization, has the answer as to why. And as a result, this Eagles offense has struggled. You don't see good teams with bad offensive lines and poor quarterback play. It's just plain and simple. But a few things, I mean, this is the NFL the Eagles offense gets paid to put up points. So a few things to keep your eyes on, Packer fans, is one, Miles Sanders. He has 600 rushing yards this season, and he's missed three games. He's averaging, I think, almost six yards per carry as well. And last year against Green Bay, he had 72 yards mm -hmm. on 11 carries, so almost seven yards per carry. So that's something to watch out for. We know the Packers' run defense has still struggled this year, and that's one way that the Eagles can keep it close. Uh, another thing to keep your eyes on is the Eagles' tight ends. Dallas Godair the last two weeks, he's got 150 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Richard Rodgers has found the end zone two times over the last two weeks. And Zach Ertz is back. Uh, he was 
back at practice a week ago, and then this week they took him off IR. So those are two things to keep your eyes on. I know the Eagles' offense isn't very good because of, you know, as we've talked about the offensive line play in Wentz, but Miles Sanders and those tight ends, you know, they can still do some damage, and that's one way that this game can stay closer than what it ultimately should. Yeah, that's what, you know, that can, both of those things that you run up on are things that really have me more worried or concerned than I should be playing a team that's three, six, and one, because if the Eagles are smart, and I hate to say they haven't been this smart this year, they got to ride Sanders. I mean, you know, that could that could make Wentz a little, a, a good running game can always help a struggling quarterback. Yeah, against and, Seattle last week, I think they only gave him six carries. Yeah, they threw the ball 40-something. That's part of the problem. They, they're, 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 Wentz is not playing well. We we made that clear. Some of those picks, though, like you, you had said, he threw 10 of them were without press. Some of them, with the, his receivers haven't been very good either. Like last week, the one he threw in the end zone, the tight end ran the wrong route. The, the tight end broke in inside, and he was supposed to break outside, and Wentz is going to throw the ball where it's supposed to be, and instead of the tight end being there, the safety was there. So it looked like he threw it right to the safety, but so there's been a couple of things like and again I'm not I'm not here to defend Carson Wentz I'm just saying that it's not all those interceptions aren't 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 his fault. Um, but anyway, if the Eagles were smart this week, they come out with a a run first. I mean, any team if I'm any team playing the Packers, I'm my my game plan is I'm going to run until they stop me because they don't stop many people. No, they don't. But the Packers' best run defense this year has been their offense. I mean, they're putting teams in the hole in majority of these games, two, three scores. Well, the one team that right stuck off the with bat. it, the one team that stuck with it, and they were down 14-3 at halftime, mm-hmm. was Frank Reich and his Indianapolis Colts, who said, you know what, we're still going to run. They ran the first, what, nine plays in the second half and scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Now it's 14-10. So I would, not, I would run until the Packers stopped. That's how, that's how I would attack the Packers. And if I did throw, I'd throw over the middle to my tight end. Because the Packers, they, they defend the outside pretty well with their corners. But, again, they've, you know, they've had problems over the middle. Yeah, and they're I, getting like I said, I'm, up there. I'm concerned way more than that. I, my, I guess my, my go-back or my, my go-to to calm me down about this game is, like you said, the Packers offense. I don't. Eagles defense has been okay. They actually played pretty well last week against um, Seattle. But I, I think Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and everybody else is, could find a lot of holes in this Eagle, Eagle defense. And one of their best players is questionable this, this week as we get back to the injuries. Yeah, and I assume that you're talking about Darius Slay, the cornerback. Yep. Yeah, and I believe – what did they list him as? Uh, questionable. He was limited Thursday, no. Friday – uh, a calf. Yeah, they, they're calling it a calf, but I think it's Devontae-itis. <laughs> I, I believe he, he, he has a case, and it goes around, a lot of cornerbacks get this, but I think he has Devontae-itis because the last <laughs> the last four times he's faced Devontae Adams, and, I'm, and again, I don't know if he covered him every single play, but he usually did, he kind of, you know, when, the, when, when he was with the, with the Lions, he kind of did match up with, with Adams. Well, in four games... Devontae has 29 catches for 317 yards and four touchdowns. And it was so, Lazard who ended up beating the Lions anyway. So too much, yeah, too much uh, attention on Adams and Alan Lazard. Welcome, welcome to the party. 
The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, he had, Devontae had nine for 140 one time against them, and then seven for 93 another time in the last two and the last four. The Eagles under Jim Schwartz, who's the D coordinator, um, they play a lot of man coverage. So Slay last week, his primary responsibility yep. was DK Metcalf, and Metcalf went nuts. I think yeah. Metcalf's going to go nuts on a lot of corners before his That's career true as is well. over with. But and so is Devante. But Slay, yeah, and Slay is, but Slay is still a a good cornerback. I mean, uh, speaking of that that pass rush and the Eagles protecting Carson Wentz. The Darius Smith listed as questionable with an ankle, but according to head coach Matt LaFleur, there is a good chance that Darius Smith will play. He actually didn't practice at all on Friday, was limited on Thursday, and wasn't even listed on Wednesday. So Z should should be in there and have a chance to get after the quarterback. And it's another game where the pass rush, you know, let's, let's get some reps. You know, Preston Smith is... Gonna come alive a little bit. I mean, you could say what you want about the level of competition, but I also say win the games you're supposed to win that are in front of you. And the Packers finally took it to a, I'll say a lesser Chicago Bears team, and and did what they were supposed to do, which was win a big game last week. So as far as as far as the other injuries go, it's pretty light this week. Uh, I'll just I'll start with Tyler Irvin. We we talked about him a little bit. Questionable with the rib injury. Now, the Packers did sign Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin's not listed on the injury report, and Austin is obviously primarily going to be the, the kick returner and in there for special teams uh, and putt return as well. But Tyler Irvin coming back, we've talked about it many, many times before. It's just another aspect of the, the offense that helps everything churn. Now, Fletcher Cox was listed as, on the injury report. He's not doesn't have a status, so he will play, but he didn't practice – Wednesday or Thursday, and was limited on Friday. He's got a neck injury. The front for the Eagles, as far as the run game goes, and trying to get Aaron Jones and and Jamal Williams going, uh, that's that's where the Eagles have have not been bad. You know, as much as they've struggled this season, they haven't been bad there. So, as far as getting the running game going, Paul, uh, with Fletcher Cox in there, you know, what are what are your thoughts on on whether or not the Packers are going to be able to run the football and kind of dictate the tempo? Yeah, it's going to be an important part. Like you said, last week they caught a break with Akeem Hicks not being there, and you saw there were some big there were some big holes between the tackles that Green Bay was able to take advantage of. But I did like that Lafleur got back to running the ball last week. I think between Jones and Williams, they had around 32, 34 carries, something like that, uh, way more than what they had previously against Jacksonville and uh, Indianapolis. So that was good to see, but. This, like you said, this Eagles defensive front's no joke. Brandon Graham leads the team with seven sacks, but they have three other guys who all have at least four, including Cox with five and a half. And they're also seventh in the NFL in pressure rate. So John Runyon Jr. making his uh, first NFL start at left guard against his dad's team. He's going to he's gonna have uh, his hands full with Fletcher Cox there in the middle. And 
as always, the name of the game in Green Bay is keeping Aaron Rodgers upright, which this unit, even without Lindsley, has shown that they are very, very capable of doing. This group's been excellent this year, especially when you take into account all the shuffling that's had to take place with injuries. So, uh, Mark, I know you wrote about this, but kudos to Brian Gutekunst because he deserves the credit for orchestrating and putting that team together, as well as Adam Stenovich, the offensive line coach. Uh, He's flying uh, under the radar, but this group's performed quite well. And as you know, stout and as impressive as the Eagles' defensive front has looked, Packers have faced a lot of good defensive fronts this year, and the offensive line has come out on top for the most part, really outside of the Tampa Bay game. Uh, so until I see otherwise, I still expect them to be able to find room on the ground, uh, give Aaron Rodgers the time that he needs. Yeah, I think I think um, if I, um, I the, the Packers game plan this week, yeah, you have to run the ball a little bit. But I, I think that they're going to have to pass, <clears throat> excuse me, pass first to open up the run. Like, do it the opposite way. The old Mike Holmgren, West Coast yeah, offense, yeah. yeah. Yeah, pass because you, you can throw on the Eagles, I think. If, if if Aaron Rodgers has time, I think he'll, he'll have a big day. Because the, the Eagles' secondary, their, their linebackers are average at best. The secondary, yeah, Slay's good, and it, but he's, he is hurting now, too, and may, and may or may not play and, Adams has had his way with him in the past. So, and then the, the rest of the secondary is just okay at best. I mean, I can see big days from Valdez, Scantling, Lazard, the tight ends. St. Brown played well last week. For the, probably had his best game ever. Um, so there, I, I think the Packers will move the ball, and I think you can wear the, as good as the Eagles front is. They they tend to wear down, and part of that is the Eagles offense. Um, Paul, you you said you know the, the best thing the Packers have is their offense. Well, the worst thing for the Eagles' defense has been their offense because their their defense is just on the field way too long, and those big guys wear down. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, um, they're not the same guys in the fourth quarter that they are in the first quarter. So, I'd like to see the Packers get a lead, um, you know, win the time time of possession battle, keep that Eagle defense out there, and in the fourth quarter. Eagles will be throwing their arms up, saying, all right, let's just get out of here. <laughs> and something else to consider, you know, when you think of the Packers, you go, well, they have Aaron Rodgers, they have Devontae Adams, they have Aaron Jones. You know who else they have? Matt LaFleur. Mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur and his play calling, uh, what he schemes up for each opponent, opponent, that's becoming, you know, that's a huge factor in their successes here. And one, of, I can't remember who it was, is either one of the Bears' cornerbacks or safeties this week. Uh, he said that, you know, didn't matter what they called, what adjustments they made. It's like the Packers' offense knew what was coming, and that's a credit to Matt to Matt Lafleur. Obviously, the players on the field, but what he's done this year, you know, taking this group from year one to year two, um, his play calling ability, everything like that. It's it's been uh, it's been beautiful and fun to watch. Yeah, they've churned. That's what I was saying. They've they've churned, and I think I mentioned I wouldn't mind MVS coming back after a, a tough finish against the Colts and putting up a nice week against the Bears, and he did. Played well, and no surprise at all. I mean, MBS is going to be a important part of the, the offense down the stretch. And, hey, listen, if this, if this is going to kind of get, be his light bulb moment or, you know, whatever that's going to be, it may not be that, but every receiver had kind of that game where it was like, wow, they are the, they are the guy. You know, like, I think, for me, Jordy's game was the Super Bowl, 45. He was he was good that season, but like that game, he had no fear and was a, became a playmaker. And you know he had had some struggles earlier that season, and I think he was still returning kicks and he had a, f- a couple fumbles and some of that stuff. And then he just became steady Eddie from that point on. I would 
would not mind seeing that from Marquez Valdez-Scantley, but he did have that nice, like Mark, like you said, he had a nice bounce back game against the Bears, and hopefully that stacks and adds as we're moving into the 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 playoffs. But as And one, I was going to say one other thing I wanted to add. We kind of puffed up the Eagles defensive front, and for good reason. It's, it's a solid unit, but the defensive units that the Packers have gone up against the last two weeks in Chicago and Indianapolis, they are much better than what the Eagles yeah. are overall, and they put up 70 points plus in the eight quarters against those two teams. So, Yeah, I just yeah, don't want – yeah, go ahead, Mark. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say that that's the one thing I don't want to see. The only thing I was going to say is the only one thing I don't want to see then is the Packers struggle against the defense they shouldn't struggle against. They should be able to do what they want on offense. Right, but they got to be on the field. That's why I'm worried about if I like I said if I'm Doug Peterson, uh, you know I'm not I'm running the ball. I'm running. I'm running. I'm running until I don't care. Third and four, I might run. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, why put Wentz in? Wentz isn't going to win the game for you. If the Eagles pull this upset, it's not going to be because all of a sudden Wentz, I don't think, you know, and their receivers turn it. No, it's going to be Miles Sanders breaking a long run or Miles Sanders gaining, you know, whatever many yards on averaging, like as Paul said, averaging six yards a carry. Um, that's crazy numbers. Now, Miles Sanders will put the ball on the ground. Um, that's happened this year. I forget what game it was the Eagles played. I think it was against the Browns. The Eagles get the ball. To start the game, they drive right down the field running the ball. Sanders is having a great start to the game. They they get down the first and goal, and Sanders fumbled. Browns recovered. I think they went down and kicked the field goal. Eagles get the ball back, and Peterson, like a lot of coaches, after a guy fumbles, he said, I like the team that goes right back to it. You know, a guy drops a pass, well, you throw him the ball the next play. I like that. But some coaches, and I don't blame, I'm not going to rip a coach for doing it. Sanders fumbled, well, guess what? You didn't see a lot of running after that. You didn't see a lot of Sanders after that. And the Eagles also lost the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, that Monday night game last week, the Eagles, the Eagles didn't get a first down until like five minutes left in the second quarter. Yet they still, yet they, you know, they hung in there with Seattle a little bit because their defense, their defense did do a good job against the Seahawks. I'm not big on the Seahawks, though. Are you guys high on the Seahawks? Their defense is not going to, I mean, I, it's as far as Russ, Russell Wilson and the DK Metcalf and, and Lockett connection can take them. The, their, yeah. their, their defense just – they're going to have to play on the road. I mean, there's a chance the way that, the way that it shook out, if, if, if it happens the way it happens, there's a chance that Seattle grabs the one seed. And in that case, yes, even in, a, even in an empty CenturyLink field, you're playing at home, then you know that adds a little more credence to they could be more dangerous than we think. Well, I'm just saying, of, of all the teams, the Packers – and I'm looking too far ahead here, but if the Packers are going to be in the NFC Championship game, I'd rather them play Seattle than New Orleans or the Rams, even the Rams. Agreed. Or, or maybe even like, and you see them, and they they might be falling apart now a little bit. But I I was scared of Arizona a little bit. Yeah. Arizona's mm-hmm. Arizona's not a team you want to play. Tampa's not a team you want to play, even though they're not yeah, playing as well Tampa. lately. Right. I mean, any. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would take my chances with Seattle. I really would. Any of these I mean, teams. That, any, any of these. That uh, awful, awful, awful game that I'm not going to even talk about. Mention. <laughs> the Packers have owned Seattle. They, they've, they've handled Seattle pretty well since that, that game. I think the home team has won every game since then, including that one. That's what I was going to say. Green Bay's benefited from having the. Uh, well, have they had them in Green Bay most of the time since then? Yeah, I think yeah, they've, only last, played, they've only played in Seattle once, right? 
Yeah, and then two years. Yeah, and this e- or the Seahawks won that game. Unfortunately. So yeah, that was. I'm just not as high. And I listen. I don't. I I I think Pete Carroll's a very good coach. I think Russell Wilson's a very good quarterback. I watch them against the Eagles. I'm like, they're letting Eagles hang around. Like that. that, This game shouldn't even be close, and it was. So I I don't know. Maybe I just had that. I I shouldn't base everything off off one game. But that's the only time I've really seen them. You know. the whole the whole game. No, I saw him lose to Arizona too. So maybe it's just me. Whenever I watch Seattle, they don't play well. Well, Arizona beats Seattle once a year, and it's usually in Seattle. And it's whether the Cardinals are good or not, they win that game. But they already won the game in Arizona. So, you know, I, I guess we'll we'll see. I mean, a lot of things are going to happen over this next month. The Packers, like you mm-hmm. said, Mark, many times it's true. The Packers just need to win. Right. Just, they win, just, everything else will shake just win your games, everything else will, will shake, take care of itself. So speaking of the offensive line, yeah, Corey Lindsley's out. So he's, this is the first game that he's missed, uh, or first start that he's missed in a really long time, maybe since he became a starter, because he's got a really long streak of games played. But he won't play. He's got a knee injury. The one thing we've seen is that the Packers have had to shuffle this season with David Bakhtiari missing some time, at, uh, Billy Turner, Rick Wagner have you know mixed in and out. But they have gotten it done with whatever combo that they put out there. Lucas Patrick's playing well. Billy Turner, when he has played, has played well. When you've got Rick Wagner in there sparingly, that's a better recipe. Bakhtiari's back. And John Runyon Jr., let's not get too ahead of ourselves here because it's different when you're the regular starter and you, you know, can you put together five or six weeks of solid play, but he's going to get his chance and he has not played poorly at all in relief duty. So the Packers offensive line and Peter Bukowski of locked on Packers broke it down earlier this week. The Packers pass blocking is best in the league. According to, I think it was, those were pro football focused metrics, if I'm not mistaken, but they're performing better than any other offensive line. So the Eagles front might be good, but the Packers offensive line would seem to be the, one of the most equipped groups to handle that and keep Aaron Rodgers clean. And I think if Aaron Rodgers is clean, he didn't get sacked at all against the bears the Eagles are going to have a hard time stopping Green Bay from hitting that 30 mark again. Mark, I don't know what your thoughts are. Oh, I agree 100%. Yeah, like I said, I'm not – the only way that the Packers don't put up a lot of points is if they're not on the field. Like I said, if the – they got to get the – they got to stop the – they got to do something to stop the run this week. They got – don't I don't want to see that two-man front with, with the you know, the nickel-dime linebackers in there. No. I want to see the big boys out there. You know, if Wentz is going to beat me with his receivers – so so be it. Don't let my don't let them don't let that run game dictate the game and and the Eagles. You know you can't let the Eagles have you know fourteen play nine minute drives. They eat up. You know what I'm saying eat up the clock. I want Rodgers out there. So you know put the big boy. I want the I want three big linemen. I want I want Martin and out there at linebacker. You know Alexander and King can handle the Eagles wide receivers. They really. I mean that that shouldn't be a problem at all, right? I would think, I would think, and and, and, and you know the guy that's throwing, th- the guy that's throwing the football is not playing is not playing well either. So that helps. Yeah, so I'm saying I'm not I'm not I'm trusting my my corners to handle the Eagles wide receivers. I don't I don't think I need to give them the, I don't need, I don't need to play zones. I don't I don't need to, like help back there. Let them handle their guys and stop the run. I want I don't I want second and nine. You know. I want third and eight. Well, don't play that soft, that frustrating soft zone either, like you said. 
Yeah, go after them. Don't go there. You're the better team. Yeah, don't 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 go give don't give any help to uh, a, a team. You know, this is this is the time of the season where you got to kick teams when they're down because that one seed is very valuable. There's only one team that's going to get a bye week going into the playoffs. And you know, for once in our life, I would love to see the Packers host an NFC Championship game. They haven't done that since after the 2007 season, and that uh, could have turned out differently. It didn't. That was Brett Favre's last game as a Packer. Aaron Rodgers hasn't cold. had that ice bowl too. Ice bowl too. Aaron Rodgers hasn't had an NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field, and this is a season where they have a prime opportunity. I mean, look, the Saints don't have Drew Brees for a couple of weeks, so you know, the, as much as the, as we want to respect the Saints. All it's going to take is for them to, you know, Drew Brees not being their quarterback, for them to come down to earth a little bit and yeah, lose a game that they shouldn't. They, they never lose without Brees. That's the problem. Yeah, well. <laughs> they're 7-0 and without Brees. It helps. It helps that there's a couple teams in that division that are struggling in Atlanta and yeah. Carolina, and they're going to see both of them along the way. But a lot of things can happen. You know, a lot of things can happen between By now the way, and then. Lindsley hasn't missed a game since um, midway through the 2016 season. Yeah, he's, he's played, played a lot of games. He's played a lot of games. So the big thing, so yeah, so then the big thing is, is the 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 silver lining in that is that the the depth on the offensive line has played well for the Packers. And then the other part of that conversation comes after the season, which is Corey Lindsley's a free agent. The Packers are are going to have to prioritize what they're going to do with the guys that they still have left to to resign. You've got Kevin King, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Uh, there's, there's, you know, they've got Clark and Bakhtiari locked up. There's a couple of other guys that are going to be free agents as well. So is Corey Lindsley, you know, because they can move Elton Jenkins to center and not miss a beat there. And if John Runyon Jr. and Lucas Patrick are, are going to be good for at least the next couple of years and the Packers want to continue to draft and reload the depth on their offensive line, Corey Lindsley might just be priced out of Green Bay because if he's healthy enough to play, some team is going to pay him very well. I just don't know if the Packers can afford to be that team, but I think it's a good problem to have scenario. And Paul, I'll start with you. At this point right now, with the small sample size that we have, if the offensive line plays the way it does, are you bring Lindsley back or are you, hey, it's it's going to have to, you know, be at a team-friendly price or unfortunately Corey Lindsley's probably playing somewhere else in 21? I'll answer that question two different ways. If I was told that the Packers, of the free agents that they have pending that you've mentioned, if they could bring one of them back, they can work the salary in, pay him what he's worth. Who am I picking? I'm picking Corey Lindsley. Is that realistically going to happen? No, I don't see how Corey Lindsley's coming back. Next offseason, because of the salary cap being reduced, we're going to see teams handing out shorter contracts with you know less money attached. But I think Lindsley's going to be one of those players who commands a pretty hefty-sized one, and deservedly so. He's been you know arguably the best center in the game this season. You guys already mentioned his durability, not having missed a game in a number of years. And I think coming into this year, of his six NFL seasons, three of them he's played 100% of the offensive snaps. I mean, he's durable. He's one of the best in the game. He's going to get paid. And with the Packers cap situation, which is already was, was already going to be tight before the cap reduction and is now even tighter, I just don't see how they can afford him. Plus the way the offensive line is played, the combination that we've seen the last few weeks with Jenkins at center, Runyon at left, uh, at left guard, I think that's what we're going to see next year, and they've performed well. So, unfortunately, I don't see a way that Lindsley can come back. Mark, what's your take on Corey Lindsley in 2021 at present clip? Yeah, I don't see him coming back. I I never thought. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I agree with everything Paul said. Great player. 
arguably the best center in the game. Um, but now the and now the he's been durable. But now this year he had he had the back had acted up a couple times. Now he has a knee. Um, he is going to turn thirty. Um, the Packers. I, I think when the Packers drafted Elton Jenkins last year, this team. Keep in mind this this front office, this scouting department. They look ahead. They're not. They're always thinking two steps down the road. They really do. I think when they drafted Jenkins, they said, "All right, well, we'll play him a guard because we need a guard this year." But his future is going to be our. They they drafted him, I think, knowing Lindsley's contract was up, and we're not resigning Lindsley. We're not giving we're not giving him a third contract, and that's what. And I think that was the plan all along. And, and Jenkins certainly hasn't done anything to change that plan. So yeah, I don't. I as much as you know, listen. In a perfect world, you you keep everybody right, and you, and you know everybody's happy, and they take discount deals to stay and. But no, listen. Corey Lindsay's going to get paid. There's plenty of teams that will will have cap room. Could probably use a good center, um, and that, and that'll be that. I mean, and Jenkins will be the the center next next year. Uh, hopefully, Runyon keeps it going and becomes a good guard. You got Patrick. Um, you also have the kid from Indiana, Stepniak, who they liked. A lot of people liked that he, you know, you you knew when you drafted him that he wasn't going to play this year, but he could be a good. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I don't think I think the starters will be Patrick and Runyon, but you know, you have him as a as a as a, a good number three guard. Maybe you could still bring Lane Taylor back on a minimum deal to be a backup guard. Isn't so Jake they, and isn't Jake Hansen still on the practice squad too? They they haven't. Uh, didn't they bring him back? Mm-hmm. He's he was, but then he didn't he get. I think he was on the. I think he's on the injured practice squad or something. Well, I just if you're looking ahead, he's still on the team. Yeah, if you're looking ahead, to, if you're looking ahead to next year and beyond, you would hope that he's ready to go by training camp. Is my I guess is right. he's another he's another guy that we still don't know could sure. could also and pan out. Him in the next year's draft, I'm sure. With but only they, they have ten picks next year. I'm sure in the fifth or sixth round they'll draft another lineman. So yeah, as much as I'd like to keep Lindsley. They have the the resources to let him go, whereas opposed to a Kevin King, if they do let him go, they may because of his because the opposite of Lindsay, he's not durable. So there's a, if you let him go, it's because of that. But you really don't have, I don't think you have his replacement on the roster as we speak. So you, you know if you if you let a corner go, you're probably drafting a corner very high next year. And, and you know what. I was going to say, you know what's been interesting about Goody's draft? Uh, each year they've picked a position, and they get three of them. There was the three running backs, Jones, Williams, and Devontae Mays, the three receivers, that was MBS, EQ. That was Ted, correct. MBS, EQ, and more. And then this last year they did it with the off, the interior yeah. line with Hanson, yeah, Stepaniak, and uh, Runyon. So next year they take three corners? That might be the one. <laughs> Or do they take three defensive linemen because they can use those too? I noticed none of you guys are betting on them taking three receivers. Not that they need it, but uh, that's that's the common narrative and the easy, you know. I, I don't know if I'm using revisionist history in the right context, but you know, all it takes is for the Packers to have one week that they struggle on offense, and it's the argument again about how dumb it was that the Packers took all these players early that aren't going to play this year. And instead, didn't stock up the offense and didn't stack the cupboard at receiver. Well, I, you know, we we did the draft thing together, and I didn't mind. I still don't mind the love pick, and I love that. There's a story. Uh, I know, Paul. I know you saw it that um, 
I can't remember the, uh, the Taylor uh, Tyler Dunn wrote it. Yeah, it was really it. well done. Really good story about love, and I'm I'm I was okay. The Dylan pick will always uh, will always bother me. It will always bother me because not that I wanted a wide receiver there because they were gone. I might have wanted a defensive somebody a help on defense there, a linebacker, a lineman. And again, if Dylan turns out to be a great player, I'll say okay, they were they knew what they were doing. I was wrong, but man, I, I just looking at this team now. Give me a second round defensive lineman, and I'm not as worried about stopping Miles Sander tomorrow, and I'm not as worried about Dalvin Cook, and I'm not as worried about you know the backs I'm going to see in the playoffs. Derrick Henry in another month, and I'm thinking you know my Super Bowl aspirations are a little higher right now. And I just wanted to uh, read a quick quote from that article. It was Love's uh, former offensive coordinator at Utah State. He said, Love is no doubt at his best when he's throwing on time in the rhythm of the offense with an attack mentality. You wonder why Lafleur wanted him so bad. But that's, yeah. also, but that's also a sign of why Love can be successful in this system. That's what it is to a T. Yeah, and that's what you hope for if you're going to transition. I don't really want to talk about that. One of the quarterbacks having one of his best seasons and I still have aspirations of him going out on top and with the Lombardi Trophy held up high. But you know, I don't know if the Steelers plan on losing a game this season, or yeah, they do. and, and uh, I hope. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at, at the the way things are going right now, I'm I'm already excited, and I'm getting ahead of myself. But I'm already excited for that Steelers Chiefs AFC Championship game that I believe is going to be the case. Baltimore just unfortunately is not what they've been. Don't count out Tennessee. You want to talk about uh, a game that's that's worrisome because of how well the, the team runs the football. The, the Titans and Derrick Henry, I mean, you know, the over-under on the yards he's going to put up in week, you know, what is that, week 16? Week, uh, yeah, is going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting proposition. Right now I have it at 304. Oof. God, that's terrible. <laughs> Three hundred yard. What's the Some NFL kid. record? What's the NFL record for yards in a know. game? I don't know, but he might get it if they don't do something. Oh, I don't if care Patton if he gets it. If the front, the, I tell you right now, if Patton comes out with a two man front and 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 nickel linebackers out there, Derrick Henry can get whatever many yards he wants. It's over. Not going to happen. Well, that might become a game the Packers cannot afford to lose if they want to grab the one seed because, you know, I, I don't want to get all hyperbole here, but they they probably need to win out if they want that one seed. You never know what else is going to happen around around them, but there's a lot of lot of teams that are just not losing games this year. So uh, as far as the as far as the Packers Eagles go, I don't I, I haven't looked at the the latest line, but it can't be too too much in in the favor eight of eight, 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 yeah. eight and a half, something like that. Yeah, Philadelphia's Philadelphia. Just come out. Which is just, smaller than I thought. Well, come out fast. Come out fast, start fast, and just don't look back. And, and do it, you know, do it. If they can have the same game against Philadelphia that they did in 2014 when they hosted the Eagles, I think they put up 50 points against, the, against Philly in that season. That sounds good to me. Just, you know, roll it up. Get get Tim Boyle out there to kneel it out. Rodgers in a ball cap. All the things we talk about we hope we see at the end of the game. And moving on to the following week where the Packers will head to Detroit, face the Lions for the last time this season. And the Lions are, uh, you know, they've got a new new coaching staff. So who knows? Maybe, they, maybe they'll actually try to, to play hard for a couple of weeks. But, again, it's still the Lions, right? So You know, every every team that, hired, that fired their coach this year, the Packers have played. Okay. 
right? Lions, the Falcons, and the Texans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I don't Doug, know what that means, Doug Peterson. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Former Packer, and and you know I've got a soft spot in my heart because you know Doug Peterson played some nice years for the for the Packers, and the reason why I have a soft spot in my heart is because he never had to play and disappoint me because Brett Favre never came out of the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Packer report this week. Mark, what do we have to look forward to? Well, again, um, as Paul alluded to earlier, I have a story up now about the offensive line and how it was built and and how the, a lot of the credit goes to the to the, to the GM and and his staff for putting this this together. Um, and then after the game, I'll, of course, I'll have my instant analysis. Hopefully, it'll be a positive one. And then during the week, we'll we'll see what happens leading up to the Lions game. All right, Paul over at Dairyland Express. I uh, did a lot of my preview stuff as usual. I got my three X factors for this game, my five big questions. And then it's been a while, dusted off the crystal ball, brought back bold predictions on Ooh. Saturday. So go check that out. Oh, well, uh, next week, we'll, I'll, I'll uh, let you know how I did. <laughs> Excellent. Give us one of them now. Give us one of them, Paul. Paul and, and I. Now, yeah, right, the, oh, yeah, defense, well. the defense comes away with five sacks and two turnovers. Ooh. Okay. I'll take that. On paper, you would think that's about what it should be. I mean, I don't, the Packers haven't had five sacks in a game all season. They so. haven't faced the Eagles offensive line all season. That's, that's true. That's very true. That's very true. All right, Rashawn Gary, it's time to break out. There you go. It's time to break out this, this week. So, excellent. Well, game recap, a game on Wisconsin for me after the game, and then Paul and I will be with uh, over at Pulse of the Packet game on Wisconsin on Saturday afternoon. Flying without Jacob Westendorf, who, as I mentioned, got called into work. So it'll just be Paul and I, and we'll expand some more on some of the stuff that we talked about today. So everybody, as always, stay warm now that we've gotten into winter. Stay safe and go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.